Hello, and welcome to Co-Designed, a podcast co-created by faculty and students at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Southern New Hampshire University. Each week, we present a faculty-student team who has explored an issue around teaching, learning, and the student experience on our Manchester, New Hampshire campus. Questions about this podcast can be sent to me, Lynn Murray Chandler, at ctl at snhu.edu. Credit should be given to Moby and his Moby Gratis website for the song Isolate, which you've heard during this introduction. We hope you enjoy this episode. Testing one, two, three. Dave Humphreys, Assistant Professor of Communication at Southern New Hampshire University. I'm here with Tracy Dow, an Associate Professor of Graphic Design, also at SNHU. Uh, we're here with Jacob and Haley, both of our students, to talk a bit about creativity and what it means to them. So I'll start uh, handing over the questions to you all. Uh, what is creativity to you? Yeah, sure. So for me, creativity, I feel like is someone's own ability to express their feelings or a message in their own individual way. So whether that is through graphic design, like we have projects where we all have the same like specification, same text, but nothing ever turns out the same um, or anything else. So I think that's how I would, um, that's how I would describe creativity. Uh, for me, I would say creativity is something just like Haley said, I use to express myself and a lot of the things, uh, something that I find when I'm uh, taking photographs or drawing or making music is using uh, those art mediums to express myself and ex- express my emotions in ways that I might not be able to put in words. So whether I'm taking photographs or drawing, that might be able to explain something or how I'm feeling that I might not be able to actually put into words or describe to someone. Where do you draw inspiration from? Well, I, I have a few different ways that I, I like to either collect or just get inspiration from. So like if I'm ever assigned a project, um, what I like to do is create like a Pinterest board for that project and then just add stuff in that aesthetically matches what I'm going for. Um, but then just in my off time, I also like to watch a lot of creative content so on YouTube, I follow people like Kel Lauren. She's a freelance graphic designer and she just makes, she just does like challenges. Like she did one about redesigning uh, Girl Scout cookie boxes. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I watch people like The Future. Um, they offer a lot of advice for uh, just freelance graphic designers or students, anybody. Um, that's just really solid advice. Um, and then I also like to watch fun stuff like Drawfee. They're a podcast type YouTube channel that just draws based off of prompts and that's really fun. So um, that's kind of where I draw inspiration from. Well, for uh, for me, I think especially in today's day and age with social media and Instagram and like Haley said, Pinterest and TikTok and all these different uh, platforms, it's so easy to be able to draw inspiration from people and be like, oh, okay, like I want to use a similar idea to this and try and put my own spin on it. Um, so like for me, I follow a lot of film photographers on Instagram and YouTube, uh, 
like Matt Day, Willem Verbeck, and they're always doing super cool shoots on film. And I think seeing those pictures and their whole process of shooting and uh, drawing ideas from different places is, is really cool to see when I'm trying to kind of not replicate, but do something similar to them. And uh, Jacob, in your work, uh, particularly with film photography, I suppose, since you were you were just talking about that, what's a roadblock for you that prevents you from being productive creatively? Well, especially with film, you definitely are limited, uh, especially uh, when you start shooting medium format film and different kinds of larger format films. Uh, you're so limited to how many shots that you can get per roll. Um, so something that I really enjoy about film photography and what really intrigues me is that when I am out shooting and I load a roll of film, I really have to think about and be considerate about what I'm actually going to shoot. And so it causes me to be a lot more thoughtful and slow down and make it much more of a process because unlike a, on your iPhone or a digital camera, you can just fire off. 10, 20, 30 shots in a span of five seconds. But meanwhile, with film, like you only get 10 shots per roll and then you have to develop it and you can't see it automatically. So when I'm loading the film and getting ready to take a shot and press the button to take a picture, I really have to make sure that that's what I want to be capturing. And I think as much as it's a roadblock, it's actually something that will make you a lot more thoughtful uh, and more conscious when you are creating art or creating photographs um, and trying to like kind of put a message through your work. Yeah. I, I always thought of that too. And in, um, in, in, in terms of photography is this idea of uh, like conscious creativity where you have to be really aware of the work that you're doing because you are limited in the amount of work that you can do. Exactly. Uh, and it, I, I find that when I'm shooting digital, I'm much more likely to just, you know, put on a burst and hope that I catch the right picture, you know, somewhere in those 10 shots. But with, uh, with film, it's a lot more of, you know what? No, that wasn't perfect. I'm going to wait and just see what happens. It really makes you kind of appreciate the time it takes. Yeah. And the other thing is it's expensive. So you have to, you have to know when you are setting up and you're getting your focus and you do your light meter to make sure your exposure is right. Like you have to know that that is the composition and that's the picture that you want because every time you take a photograph, it's anywhere from costing you a dollar to $3, depending on what time or what kind of film you're shooting. Uh, and especially with uh 120 film, like I said, you only get 10 shots per roll, but the roll costs anywhere from eight to $14 and then you also have to develop it and you have to scan it. So there's this whole process that if you don't do it yourself will cost you a lot of money down the long run. And if you're not happy with the pictures, then it might not be worth that investment. Haley, how about you? What are some roadblocks that you've encountered? I think the big one for me personally in graphic design has just been this pressure to make it perfect from the start. Um, because I'll spend a really long time just trying to make something look the way that I can see it in my mind or the way that like a client would say they want it. And to go to someone 
give it to them and they say it's not good, sometimes that can be deterring. I mean, obviously, you might not always get it the first try, but for me, that whole perfectionist problem is definitely a really big issue for me. So, so. And do you think that that prevents, um, you know, maybe not you, but people, other people from actually starting that work, like just, you know, taking that first step into not perfection. I know for me personally that it like, I'm like, well, if it's not going to be perfect, why bother? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just don't end up doing the project I want to do. Yeah. I also, I also have a problem with procrastination too. So if I'm not feeling it, I'll just be like, I'll leave it for the next day. And just, you know, the time restraints with that. And, um, you know, before I know it, it's the end of the week and I haven't started it yet. And I'm like, well, now I have to get it done. And sometimes, sometimes pressure can be good, but some other times, like, even if it wasn't perfect, I would have liked to have started sooner because then I could have worked on it and developed it to be better than it was rather than doing it all in a day and then submitting it. So, yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a, a fine line of, is this going to be my best work or am I just going to do it to get it over with? Like if you have a, let's say like, I don't know, a video project for the sake of Dave's class or something like that do next week. And I, and I leave it to two days before I might've had ideas two weeks ago that I wanted to execute for this project. But if I leave it to the last two days, then I'm going to have to get shots that I'm not happy with, or I might not be able to edit it the way I want or whatever. And then at the end of the week, you're just submitting something that you're not fully proud of when you had that extra time, especially. Um, so, yeah. How might some virtual tools contribute to the increased creativity or do they take away from that? Well, one thing I know that I wanted to talk about was the discord because I love that we have that now with being online. Um, Of course, there's only a handful of students that really, I think, utilize it to like its full potential. But I love being able to connect with those people and sharing like work in progress designs that I have and to get feedback from those people. I, I really, I really think it helps bring that like level of collaboration back, especially now. And collaboration, I think for me personally, really helps with creativity because sometimes you can get stuck in your own mindset and you don't see the possibilities that, you know, others could see. I am a victim of not using the discord as much as I think I should, but I, the times that I have used it, um, I think have been really beneficial, whether I send like some pictures that I took or something that I'm working on for class, definitely having not almost instant, but kind of an instant feedback from either Dave or Tracy or Haley or Harry or whoever it is, um, is definitely helpful when you're in that creative process of making something. Um, but I've said this many times, the one thing that I definitely miss about being on campus is being in the classroom setting and actually being able to pull up my chair, like next to Haley and be like, okay, I suck at illustrator. Like, how can you help me make this design a little better or something like that, where you have that personal interaction with people, um, which is just as good, if not better than being able to instant message someone over discord. Well, I was going to say along those lines, how do you feel about Uh, breakout rooms and sharing your ideas in breakout rooms? I, 
I like the breakout room ideas. Um, it honestly it depends who you get paired up with, uh, because a lot of people will just turn on their laptop and turn off their camera and mute their mic and just go make lunch or whatever. And then you'll never hear from them ever again. But then there's other people that will always participate in break rooms and give you uh, feedback or criticism or whatever. Um, so I think it can be kind of a 50, 50 depending on what class you're in and who you're paired up with. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing because I've had really good breakout room experiences and then I've had, not so great ones because sometimes you will get the students they usually have their cameras on or whatever and they will talk with you and engage and when you when you're in that smaller group i feel like it encourages more people to talk than they might if it was like an open critique with the whole class or something like that um but sometimes you do get those breakout rooms where people don't really care as much but uh, I feel like the graphic design community at SNU, we're all kind of know we know each other at this point, um, so I feel like we get a lot of good conversation, anyways. To add on to what Haley was saying, I was just thinking about that where it really is kind of a closer community, especially with the graphic design and other art related com majors, where we kind of all know each other already because we've been at SNU for two, three years already, and we've been in the classroom setting. So we're like, Oh, we know these people like I'll turn on my camera. But when I like took sociology last semester or something, nobody ever, ever, ever turned on the camera because they were all paired up with random people that they've never met before. So they're like, why would I want to show my face or anything like that? So I know we're talking about creative specifically, but I think it depends on what class uh, environment you're in. Yeah, I think that in, in environment makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the idea of creativity as a, a collaborative medium, I think, is something that is, at least from um, from what I've seen and from my you know my own thoughts on it, uh, really lacking uh, with virtual learning. Just having that that idea, that space where you can just kind of riff off of each other, bounce ideas off of each other, um, especially if, like you said, uh, Jacob. Uh, you know, you're in a class with people who turn their cameras off. So, you know, essentially it's a blank void. And I know, Tracy, I don't know if you've felt this way too, but I have I have some classes that I get about two people turning their cameras on. And it's a lot harder to, from, to, to teach a topic uh, with students that are just gray boxes, even if they're listening. Without that, those responses, those, you know, visual cues even of, oh, yeah, I did connect with this idea I was trying to make. It makes, uh, you know, it's not just like artistic creativity. I think it's also, you know, the creativity of uh, almost like performing, I guess, in front of people. Because I feel like sometimes that's what we're doing is we're, we're performing uh, as we teach. And it, it's a lot more difficult than a remote setting for sure. Uh, again, at least with my style. Um, could you, I guess, could you both talk a little bit more about... Um, some feedback uh, or critique tools that have worked well for you uh, remotely? Well, the only one that comes to mind for me is the Discord that we've talked about before. Like when people do use it, I usually get like really good feedback, not just from my peers, but also from some professors that are on there as well. Um, 
I feel like that too has been the only way I've been able to connect with people outside of the classroom. So do you, do you think that it works well because you can have that a, a conversation on discord, you can, um, you can respond to people in real time. Do you think that that's one of the benefits of that type of environment? Yeah, I think that kind of instant messaging kind of thing or kind of platform, like if I was to send someone an email, I don't know, I feel like it wouldn't be as like satisfying. But when I send my my like work through Discord, I'll get them like I'll get a response usually like within a few minutes. And um, yeah, it does just kind of promote this more free flow discussion kind of attitude and. I think free flow discussion is really good for like critique and creativity. Along those lines, do you have any tips for students doing an online critique where we're not in person and able to interact and pick up on visual or physical cues? Yeah. I mean, if it is like, if you're doing a video call, video call through ring central or something, I would always say to turn on your camera because like you guys were talking about before, it can feel like you're performing or just talking to nobody when everyone's cameras are off. And I feel like when your camera is on, that gives you more responsibility to like respond. Um, and to also, I think this is just in general for critique, but even for online, like when you're doing a critique, don't just say this color looks great. <laughs> you know, like you have to actually like explain it. Um, give like constructive feedback if you have a suggestion to make say like this looks really good i love that font but like could you try playing with like the tracking or kerning like give more in-depth responses because if you just tell someone it looks good like that's nice but that's not gonna help it's not gonna it, you know it's not saying why so just be like be open to having like an in-depth dis discussion i think that's another con to an online environment because a lot of the times with discussion boards or critiques or anything like that, um, you have to kind of respond for a participation grade. Um, so you'll be like, post your project and then respond to two other peers. And people will be like, oh, well, I'm going to get a bad grade if I don't respond. So I'm just going to say, I like this colors. I like the shapes and not give actual personal feedback like Haley said, like, I like this, but maybe try doing this and that, that might look cool. But in the in-class environment, like you could see it right in front of you and you'd always be on a more personal level with that person uh, because you're sitting right next to them or you're in the same room. So I think that kind of, um, not triggers, but I guess that kind of motivates people to be more honest and give better feedback on a project. What's something that both of you wished more professors understood about you and your creative process? Short and simple. I think everybody is different and everybody has different ways of doing all kind of sorts of different things. Um, so the, like Haley and I are two completely different people. I mean, we might have the same interest, but the way we go about things and the way we're going to create art is going to be completely different from one another. Um, and not that teachers don't understand that, but I think 
that oh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, yeah, I just, I would just say everybody is different. Um, and everybody's going to go about being creative different ways. Yeah. And I think there's a level of flexibility that can happen in learning. Like obviously deadlines are deadlines, like all throughout your life, you're going to have those. So you got to learn to stick with them. But there's sometimes if you have like maybe a large project that would span over a semester or whatever, having like multiple deadlines for each portion. And, um, you know, if people are struggling, maybe aiding them in some kind of way, like just being able to be like somewhat flexible would definitely be helpful. But, you know, there are certain things that hard deadlines, especially (laughs) always follow through with those. Since you mentioned struggles, like what type of struggles you might have personally faced doing design work in a remote environment? I think like, I think for me, I haven't struggled all too much personally with uh, design learning in an online environment. Um, But like we've talked about before, just not being able to talk with anyone about my designs or show them what I'm doing. It makes me, I don't know. I feel like I could be getting feedback or improving, but I'm not because I don't have the ability to be in that community that I got used to um, when I, when we were on campus. So that's been my main struggle. Um, but overall I, I've been pretty good. I would just say kind of having the motivation to do it. Um, just like Haley, I, I kind of like to procrastinate things as well. Um, and it's a blessing, but a curse more of a curse than a blessing. Um, but I, w- I would definitely just say the number one is motivation, especially when you can be in class and like actually not physically have to be there. Um, you're just a name on a screen if you don't have your camera on. So I think the ability to sit in your pajamas in bed and not have to pay attention is kind of is one of the biggest downfalls to to online learning and especially in a, a creative graphic design environment where you kind of have to be present and have to know how to do certain things for your project. Meanwhile, if you're in class, like it's right in front of you, you're there, you're, you're physically in a room with 20 other people and a teacher and that will make, that'll cause you to be a lot more focused and hands-on and having my laptop and then looking up at the big screen on the wall and saying, Oh, okay, I'll just do this. And then, follow like a step-by-step compared to a YouTube tutorial where you have to watch five seconds and then pause and then go do it on your computer and then watch five more seconds and then pause. Yeah. And I think just in general, being online has made me personally just not care as much. Like I don't like get dressed very nice every day anymore. I sleep in as much as I can because I can in my debt. My bed's right here and my desk is like five feet from my bed. Like I don't have to get ready anymore. And I've fallen off of those schedules um, and I'm trying to work those back up. But I hate how much I don't care for myself anymore. And I feel like that's because of online learning. I got really I got I got really disciplined and really good about taking care of myself on campus. But now that I've been back home, it's been really hard to stick with those like habits. Yeah. I think you're not alone with that. Yeah. 
think a lot of people are facing the same dilemmas. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask our thoughts on video calls, uh, mainly because Haley had shared her thoughts on it. Well, in the last semester when we were all alone, Haley was my only camera on during class. So I sent her a meme. There's like, there's always that one student and there's like a whole bunch of blank black screens with names. And there's Haley. But um, then Haley compared some video calls to uh, Dora. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people have called it the Dora effect where we've kind of grown up with Dora the Explorer. She would, we would be sitting in front of the TV and she'd ask us a question. And I don't know if it was just me, but I think most people wouldn't say the answer out loud. They would say it in their head or just wait and not think anything because they were watching TV and who cares? Can you help me find the bridge? Where is the bridge? It's right there. Like, right, right. So I, I think what people have been have or how people have been comparing that to now is people might know the answers to the questions they're being asked in class, but because they don't have their cameras on and they're muted, they're not answering so out, out loud. And so I feel like that's why there's a huge problem with, you know, that connection between professor and student because they just don't feel like they have to answer out loud and they don't want to be the one doing it because it would be awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for, uh, for joining us today and uh, answering our questions. I think um, we are fine unless Tracy unless you have anything else to say we're fine flipping it over to you if you have questions that you'd like to ask us go ahead let's turn the tables and have them ask us okay (laughs) absolutely